This is Mike Bassett, and welcome to the first edition of our Light Roast series. For those of you who follow me or the Bassett Firm on social media, and you should, you'll notice that what we post are mostly short one or two sentence ideas to chew on. Sometimes they're motivational, other times they're introspective, and occasionally they're just us laughing like the back of a classroom full of fourth graders. With this new Light Roast series, what I want to do is blend those styles together and give listeners something they can mull over in about as much time as it takes to brew their morning coffee. Don't worry, our original format isn't going anywhere. Just think of these episodes as grabbing your first cup of coffee for the day to go. What are you thankful for? I've been to Thanksgivings where the meal doesn't begin until everybody around the table has answered that question. Though it's one I've always tried to save for after everyone has had their second plate or second glass of wine. But whatever traditions your family and friends have around this holiday, I think we can all safely assume that someone, at some point, always asks this question of us. And for so many people, myself included, There are seasons of life where being asked, what are you thankful for, was irritating at best, and at worst, completely unanswerable. Enter 2020. There have been days this year, I suspected, but could not prove, that we were orbiting a black hole that fed on positivity, enjoyment, and human connection. The days where you struggle to remember what month it is and swear that Zoom is a lifesaver the same way that Satan was an angel. And then there are other days. Ones with mornings where I'm able to brew the perfect cup of coffee. And evenings where I can't stop laughing about something our dog Bella did on her walk. Everything seems normal, if not special. After all, if it weren't for this pandemic, my wife and I wouldn't even have a dog. But because I raised two sons, I know that chirpy optimism in the face of any challenge is the quickest way to get an eye roll. I've met and worked with a lot of people in my life that could be described as naturally optimistic. But any time I've had the pleasure of getting to truly know one of these people, I'm always struck by the fact that they are fully aware that their optimism is a choice. I try to be one of these people daily but I'd be lying to you if I said it didn't take a metric shit ton of effort to see the good in people, and in things, and in situations, and yes, even in institutions. Perhaps that's why, right now, it feels harder than ever to be thankful. So this year, instead of asking what we're thankful for, I wondered if maybe the question we should be asking one another is, Why is it necessary to be thankful in the face of so much uncertainty and chaos? Not long after kicking this idea around with my producer, I came across a quote from theologian and Franciscan priest Richard Rohr. It seemed to me to answer the question I'd barely found the words to ask. He writes, We do not seek spiritual awareness to help us escape the pain in the world but to gain a capacity to feel the pain and live in solidarity with it. Those of you who listen to the podcast may have picked up that I'm a practicing Catholic. 
but Rohr's words shouldn't be that unfamiliar to anybody who has done the deep work of self-reflection, be it religious, philosophical, or somewhere in between. In Buddhism, the first of the Four Noble Truths is an admission that to live life is to suffer. The 4th century B.C. philosopher Epicurus reminded his students that, and I quote, Pain is never unbearable or unending, so remember its limits and do not add them to your imagination. And in the Quran, the prophet Muhammad asks his followers, Do you think you will be admitted into paradise without being tested like those before you? So it seems that no matter who you ask or when you ask the question, it's pretty clear that the concept of thankfulness in the face of unexplainable havoc is something that we, as a species, have struggled with since the beginning of recorded history. In short, folks, while this time feels unprecedented, it's really not. Still, having the knowledge that something isn't new to the world doesn't make it any less new or painful for us. Misery loves company, but it's a pretty terrible therapist. So if we know it's important to be thankful when things suck, then it seems to me the first step would be to admit that. While there have been plenty of good things I've finally recognized during the course of this pandemic, that doesn't mean things still don't kind of suck. Do I enjoy brewing my own coffee? Hell yes, I do. But it doesn't magically replace the interactions I had with the waiters or friends I used to see at Lucky's Diner or the baristas I'd come to know at Drip, the coffee shop by our office. Has working from home been a positive experience? Absolutely. But I know every day being business casual is a small reward for those whose idea of work-life balance, especially parents, has morphed into something so difficult it should require military coordination or, at the very least, be considered an Olympic sport. Do I love having front yard conversations with neighbors or the amazing people who deliver our groceries? Without a doubt. But I'm also aware that it shouldn't take a once-in-a-century crisis for me to say hello to the people who live two blocks from my house. And even though my wife and I are in the at-risk age group for this pandemic, it doesn't escape me that most of the essential workers, and I can't stress the word essential enough, are often around my age and almost always people of color. All the things I am thankful for, now more than ever, have a tinge of guilt that makes everything else, well, hard to swallow. But Mike, you might be saying, Why not just focus on the positive? Do you really have to qualify everything? To which I will respond, have you ever met a lawyer? After all, many of the clients we are fortunate enough to represent actually do work in the waste management industry, which is a polite way of saying this, I know an actual dumpster fire when I see one. So again, I'm not saying there isn't plenty in the world that when looked at head-on, doesn't resemble a smoldering pile of mistakes. But from where I sit, the fire is dangerous, but contained. Or at the very least, the dumpster isn't right up against the side of a school building. There is hope.
But just like the things I've appreciated about quarantine life, that hope comes in spite of the things that I am aware of. For my generation, this holiday has always centered around our best imitation of a Norman Rockwell painting, a story of two peoples, the Pilgrims and Native Americans, coming together in perfect harmony. But as many of us have learned over the past decade, through the work of people who have shined a light on the darker points of our collective past, the historical truth is far less flattering. And just like this 2020, it forces us to examine intention versus results. In an article in the Smithsonian Magazine, historian David Silverman points out that in its original iteration, Thanksgiving was a time of fasting and of prayer. And many of the moments we all remember from our elementary school plays, adorable as they might be, don't tell the full story. But there was another fact that stood out to me in the article. Thanksgiving wasn't instituted as a national holiday until 1863, an effort by President Lincoln to, as Silverman puts it, foster national unity during a civil war. Proof that even at our worst, the people who end up making a difference are the ones who at least try to bring us together. Christ, Bassett, you still haven't answered the question. Why should I be thankful when I have to Zoom call my grandkids for Thanksgiving? I need somebody to be mad at. I need somebody to blame. And that's where we're wrong. It only took me six decades and a lot of money spent on therapy. But I can now confidently say that what's happened isn't because any one person has failed. It's because human nature, at its core, is flawed. So before you go cut the turkey and hopefully score a leg, I want to leave you with a final observation. Over the past several months, there has been something rattling in my head. I think the best way to describe it is that feeling when your car is driving perfectly fine, but you kind of start to hear a strange noise and ignore it. But every time you drive, it gets a little louder. And if you're a fan of any sort of comedy, you know the Thanksgiving dinner gone awry scenario is a goldmine for humor. But like all humor, it's grounded in a shared truth. This year, there won't be just one elephant in the room. There will be an entire flippin' herd. So if the table or the Zoom call gets awkward, maybe the following can be a small comfort. The civil rights icon and brilliant essayist James Baldwin once wrote, quote, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. Notice the use of the word love. Baldwin is pointing out something that I think too many of us have forgotten, that everyone who lives in this country has a relationship with it. And I hope I'm not the first person to tell you this, but relationships aren't always easy. But even in the worst of times and the most heated of arguments, I remind myself that the only reason the other person feels this way is because they care. To me, the scariest part of any relationship is when the other person stops engaging. It's apathy, not anger, that breaks the ties that bind us to one another. Folks, we are far from a perfect union, 
but want to believe the arc of history bends towards justice. And the only way I can do that is to keep learning how to push it forward. Until then, I'm going to eat cranberry sauce from a can and laugh at the cheesy Hallmark movies my wife loves to have on as background noise. Hopefully, all of you can do the same. Until next week, this is Mike Bassett with Legal Grounds. Be easy, everybody. Legal Grounds was written, recorded, and produced by Dust Devil Press. To learn more about today's guest and for links to the topics and materials discussed, please check out our show notes. For more information on Mike Bassett, visit thebassettfirm.com. Questions, topic ideas, and guest suggestions can be emailed to legalgrounds at thebassettfirm.com. Thank you.